Hey, you've just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And uh, we're, we're just starting and we're already having some fun, probably due to the fact we've already tapped into our uh, adult libations here. Um, your Pittsburgh Steelers are 8-0 on the season, and uh, it, it was not easy getting there, let me tell you. Uh, we, will, we will recap the events that took place in Jerry World uh, in Dallas, Texas, or Arlington more specifically. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the effects of uh, uh, COVID and stuff right now and, and what we can expect with uh, those guys on that list. And, of course, look ahead to the Cincinnati Bungles. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm just going to reiterate this because people I saw, I saw very smart uh, Steelers people trying to push this today, and I, I just disagree. It's not a rivalry. Stop it. It's not. Let the Bengals or Bungles people make it a rivalry. It's it is a rivalry in the same way it, that a bug is a rival to a windshield. It, yes, absolutely. It it it, it just, just just not. It's just not. So I don't I, I don't even call it that. Anyway, Ben is here. Ian is here. Uh, ben, go ahead. Give me your your general overview of what took place in the twenty four nineteen win over the Dallas Cowboys this past Sunday. That was fucking ugly. Uh, but hey, you know, they did enough. Thank yeah. goodness the Cowboys suck because, uh, if they didn't, it would have been, I mean, seriously, we, we, I personally, like I mentioned in the last podcast, I never would have heard the end of it. Um, <laughs> to me, it, it came down to one thing. And, and the big problem was this, the lines got beat on both sides. They did. I, they didn't get any push. It looked to me like they were tired. Maybe that was the result of playing a few really physical games in a row mm-hmm. uh, and, and this being their third road game and then just being tired. But they looked bad. I mean, seriously. Um, I, I, I can't uh, – David DeCastro looked pretty okay. The rest of the offensive line did not look good at all. Matt Filer, terrible in yeah. run blocking and pass pro. Marquise Pouncey. Um, a step late and pass protection consistently all night. Run blocking was eh, so-so. Chuksakorafor was okay in pass pro. He was terrible, terrible. in terrible. run blocking. Terrible. Um, and Al, who's not the most gifted offensive lineman, you know, was one of the better offensive linemen. <laughs> if you look at the five, five or right. six guys that played, so it just it just was not their night. They they went out there and they played like shit yeah um mike tomlin obviously has or had no faith in his his passing sub packages on defense mm-hmm. um he just kept leaving <laughs> kept trying different combinations and then he just finally was like well screw it i'm just gonna leave Splane out there with vince and we're just gonna see where this goes linebackers covering wide receivers again yeah nightmares um, absolute nightmares yeah Smart it, it was happened. just bad uh you know uh, coverage was not great uh, from the DBs, but it wasn't horrible. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Joe Hayden had a pretty nice game. I thought that Steven Nelson missed a bunch of tackles again. Uh, Mr. Lane missed a bunch of tackles again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Minka missed one. Uh, the, the surprise from the DBs, in my opinion, was Edmonds. He had a pretty decent game. 
He's been I steady. I, I hate to admit yeah, it. I'm glad to admit it. He's been ever, steady. Ever since that Denver game when we tore him to pieces because he was awful. Yeah. Um, he's he's been much better. And maybe, you know, maybe he was just figuring things out during that mm-hmm. game and and had to make enough mistakes to to improve his game. Um uh, Ben was okay, especially when he started calling his own plays in the fourth quarter. Right. Right. <laughs> but he's got to get that long ball together, man. And, you know, I I give James Conner an incomplete because you really can't judge him based upon that performance because he didn't have any room to run. And when no. he did, he was successful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Um, wide receivers were okay. Uh, it seems like the one guy that I have some questions about because I expected so much more from him this season is Deontay Johnson. It just doesn't seem to me like he and Ben are exactly on the same page. And don't get me wrong, Ben's throwing the ball short sometimes. Yes. Or throwing it inside, behind him, whatever. Um, but it's just he's they just don't seem to be right on the same page. And th- that was the guy I was really looking forward to the, to this season being his coming out party and him really establishing himself as a true number one wide receiver. And he hasn't. And some of it was his injuries, mm-hmm. granted. Yeah, he has missed but, some time. You know, Juju's been hurt too, and he just goes out there and flat out balls. I mean, he's not Juju's a number one receiver in the same way that Heinz Ward was a number one receiver. You know, he's not flashy, but he does nope. all the dirty work. You need a first down, he gets it. He needs something done, he does it. He doesn't complain. You got you gotta have guys like that, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. Um aside from that, you know, a sloppy game. Uh, but hey, another mm-hmm. W, you know, as like Tomlin says and has been saying, it's fun to it's a lot more fun to learn lessons when you're winning than when you're losing. It is. And it's and it's a lot more fun for us, despite the three or four coronaries that come with it, uh, to see us win too. <laughs> Jesus, I tell you. Uh Ian, your uh general thoughts on uh on the game Sunday. <laughs> well, Ben stole a lot of my thunder, but I'll well, try good. and add in a few well, things. Go ahead and yeah. flash some lightning then. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then I'll, I'll start where I usually do, which is Tony Corrente was terrible as usual. So no surprise there. Um, that would be the head officials, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Um, the Steelers defense did a really good job of forcing the Cowboys to kick field goals. They didn't do a good job forcing punts but they forced a lot of field goals and the special teams were terrible i mean we just got killed on special teams yeah we did we did it was a horrible day for danny smith there's no two ways about it danny Um, smith sucks anyway but well you you know and and i'll be the first to admit he was he had a pretty good start to the year special teams was was solid and then just oh my god uh it, it it just went awful from there and uh i will uh, say this you know jordan berry i maybe maybe what he needed was to get fired and come back he i i I really well you're you're right because he hit several punts that flipped the field and other other than the first punt when he came back and got his job back his very first punt was terrible Yep, but since then he has been money. Well, you know, since since we're talking special teams here, Ben, what in the hell 
was going on with the PAT field goal team. Now, I, I'm only I'm going to preface well, this by I'm going to preface this real quick by saying the NFL admitted they should have been flagging Tyrone Crawford because he was putting a hand on the center, and that's a no no. It should have been flagged. That aside, this guy jumped over our our O-line several times, blocked the kick, nearly blocked a couple others, and it forced Mike Tomlin to say, screw it, I'm going for it on fourth and one when I could have extended the lead to eight. What was going on there? It looked to me, on the play specifically, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I tried to figure it out. I've watched that repeatedly. The guy he jumped over was was Kevin Dotson. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looked to me on the play in question when he jumped over Dotson. Yes, he put a hand on Dotson and he and he used him for leverage, which you're not allowed to do. Right. Um, so yes, they they should have called that. But regardless, it looked like Dotson didn't know the snap count. Uh very slow off the ball. He didn't move. Yeah. yeah. He didn't move at all. Even when Crawford was was behind him, he didn't move. He just stood there like like he was expecting a flag to be called, and it mm-hmm. it wasn't, so mm-hmm. he just stood there. Um, you know, the flag isn't always going to be thrown. You gotta no. you you gotta do what you can do, and you know, try to prevent that guy from doing what he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you count the kick where they had the penalty and had to re-kick it from fifty nine, you know, <laughs> that was Claus missed two kicks. Frankly. Yeah. And then he hit it from 59. That was money. Oh, my God. That was that was great. That might have been the highlight of the game for me. Oh, he just pured it. <laughs> Absolutely pured it. Uh, it. Let me ask you, though, about – because you have to know that, that Mike Tomlin and Danny Smith and or either whatever were saying something to the officials. I mean, that, that's a fairly common rule to see a guy oh, yeah. doing that. And, and so – and it's, Did, it's always Tomlin. Tomlin, Tomlin right. tells his players and his coaches not to talk to the officials, and when they do, he tells them to shut up. It's so, always so, Tomlin right. that that goes through. And, yes, Tomlin is vocal. He's not John Harbaugh whining vocal, but he's no. vocal. So, so my, my question here is, do you think the officials were, were disagreeing with Tomlin and saying, no, no, he's not using anybody for leverage? I mean, because they must have. They have That's, to have seen it that way. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, it, it was pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Um, he he kind of got it down to the point where he was like, you know, if I do it like this, I'm getting away with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep doing it until they call it. He basically was daring them to call it. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, he got away with it. And, you know, that's that's the game sometimes, man. Yes, it you is. Know? And, and you've got to be ready for that. And I'm sorry. It's not like Kevin Dotson – is a little tiny guy. He's a big guy. He's a very strong guy. And had he been prepared for that move, he could have countered it. I, I just, I, I felt like I was in like, like Bill Murray groundhog day. Every time I, I, I they line up for PAT, I'm like, here he comes again. I mean, you could just see it coming. And after a couple of times, I'm like, okay, this is, he can't do that. It's illegal. Something's going on. And you know it really did change the the outcome of that game. And and I'm not saying had we kicked the field goal to go up by eight that it, it would have been a walk in the park. It, I'm not saying it would have at all. But um, man, what a what a different scenario that is than yeah. than being up by by five. Um, you know, uh, Ian, uh, w- welcome back there. And um, you know, we're we're just rehashing the field goal PAT stuff. But um, yeah, question question for you. Um, 
and, and you let's, yeah go ahead let's go not ahead. forget too i mean if you want to rehash the the field goal pat stuff yeah the steelers went for it on a fourth and one we talked about at that, the yeah. fringe of field goal range right yep. yeah in the second yeah. quarter no, in, in the second quarter second the quarter one at the end. yeah the one second quarter they went for it on fourth down the fourth quarter which was definitely in field goal range and they missed two extra points so i mean that's eight points off the board right there yeah we won by five theoretically if the kicking game hadn't been dog crap and let's not forget boswell broke the steelers record for longest field goal ever Um, yarder. yeah but if if the rest of the kicking game hadn't been dog crap this would have been a, a 13 point victory instead of a five point victory I but no, the, I, the I agree. Game was dog crap. It, <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it was but we still, bad. but we still won, which is the right. most important thing. Yes, but and and I think what Tomlin talks about every single week now is the fact that he knows it as well as we know it. That this team is is winning in spite of the fact they just aren't putting together complete games. Um, and and we haven't really seen this offense click since what that first half against Tennessee. I maybe Tennessee well, the whole Cleveland game, but yeah, the, the yeah. first half against Tennessee too. Yeah. You know, and and since then it's just been okay, Ben. Go go five wide and figure it out. And I wouldn't say that. I I thought the know. second half versus the Ravens they played very well. It was better. It was better. It, it was. It, I thought they played really well, especially defensively. They played really well. Um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Okay, I should. There's a caveat there. They allowed too many yards on the ground in the second half versus the Ravens. However. They were keying on Lamar. They were absolutely trying mm-hmm. to minimize mm-hmm. Lamar. It was not about the running game. They kind of went, eh, you're going to get your yards on the ground, whatever, it's fine. We're going to go after this guy. He's your weapon. We're going to try and minimize him. And I thought they contained him pretty well. I mean, like we talked about last yeah. week, you know, he's had two games versus them. He's been sacked nine times, and he has seven turnovers. Mm-hmm. The defense has done okay versus Lamar. Right, and and that and that'll segue me to one, Mister Garrett Gilbert. Um, yeah. Well, Ian, let me let me start with you. Yeah. Why was Keith Butler? And I know what his his rationale was, but why was Keith Butler just just basically sitting back and not blitzing this guy? He didn't want to give up the big play. Basically, was when you blitz you expose mm-hmm. your guys in coverage and the Cowboys do have some really good receivers they, on the they outside. Do. They do uh, at least three, maybe four, depending on how you feel about Cedric Wilson, who is mm-hmm. a highly decent number four receiver. Um, but yeah. they, I mean, at least and three he throws really the ball. Well, too. Yes. Yes. Um, decent. Uh, as far as number four receivers go, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, yes. Point made. So, they so who would you say the, the number four receiver is on the Steelers? James Washington. You think it's Washington? Yeah. All right. That's with fair. every with everyone healthy. I think it's Washington. Would you say Washington's a highly decent number four wide receiver? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I'm I would just trying to get a reference I mean, point. Yeah. I'm just trying to yeah. get a reference point. Yeah. Anyway, I, I apologize. Please. No, no. No. So, so highly decent number four receiver basically means he could be a starter for a game or two if you needed him to. And I would say Washington definitely right. could. He's proven that. Yeah. And Cedric right. Wilson for Dallas could as well. Yeah. Um, there are some other number four receivers out there for other teams that could not be a starter if you absolutely needed them to. Mm-hmm. Um, or could be, but there would be some drop-off, basically, in the passing game. At any rate, Dallas has good receivers. 
and we didn't want to give up a big play to them. We wanted to make Gilbert beat us, not mm-hmm. the receivers beat us with the ball in their hands. Um, you know, Gilbert actually did throw the ball down the field a bit more than I expected him to. I expected them to to lean on their running game yeah. and throw a lot of short passes to try and minimize the pass rush, get the ball out of Gilbert's hands, and try and let the receivers win in space against our defensive backs. You know, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Sure. Um, and playing zone against a team like that is basically an attempt to minimize that, keep the ball in front of you, um, kind of the old Dick LeBeau philosophy, you know, make them pick their mm-hmm. way down the field and hope that they're going to make a mistake at some point, which works against most quarterbacks in the league, doesn't work against your Tom Brady's, Drew Brees's, things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. The quarterbacks that we always saw pick the Dick LeBeau defense apart because they could be efficient enough that they just wouldn't make a mistake right. the whole way down Definitely. the field. Whereas most quarterbacks will at some point. And that was where, you know, I mean, really Gilbert threw one touchdown pass and that was it. That yeah. most of the time, once once the field got compressed and they got close to the red zone and the windows got tighter, he wasn't able to make the throws necessary to get them in the end zone. And they wound up kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. So yeah. that was the philosophy behind it. If it had been me, I probably would have ditched that philosophy at halftime and just come after him <laughs> and been like, who cares? We're already we're already trailing you know Mm -hmm. if you're gonna beat us beat us but we're gonna come after you and try and force some turnovers but we we forced some turnovers regardless um you know Jacob had some huge plays um in this game yeah yeah um you know, and and he did. He that's two weeks in a row he's made a play basically to to end the game. He he also had uh did they credit him with an interception on that ball that kind of bounced into his hands or do they call that a fumble recovery he had fumble. both an interception and a fumble recovery okay so that's right. the, so. had the the interception in the end zone right yes. right and he had that the, it was a fumble recovery on the other because Sutton knocked okay. him out of uh god Lamb. he dropped that Stevie that was Lamb. Lamb, Lamb. right yeah. yeah yes Sutton knocked I, it out of his hand I was just curious just, what they called hell that. of a play there yeah, yeah let, let me just say, C.D. Lamb has actually been a lot better than I expected him to be. I was not as high on him as some other people were coming out mm-hmm. in the draft. And my knock on him was that he shrunk away from contact going over the middle, which mm-hmm. I still think is true, but he's really impressed me this year. That that, that kid's a baller. He he can play. Yeah, he, great athlete, long, lean, fast. I mean, but yeah, the, that was the knock. Would he be able to hang in there uh, uh, with the contact? And so far, so good. Um Ben, uh, speaking of, uh, Ben, what do you have, 13 or 14 targets to Chase Claypool? Um, do you think that's just showing confidence in the kid, or is 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 it a matter of that's just what the matchups were, were showing on Sunday? No, they were, they were trying to scheme him open. They were trying to scheme yeah. him open over the middle purposely because, in my opinion, what's going on is he's having problems getting off the press which okay. surprises me. Yep. And, um, you know, that being the case, they tried to scheme him open a little bit over the middle of the field rather than putting him outside and try and take advantage of that because of his speed, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, you want to take advantage of that guy's speed. You want to put him out in space with the ball in his hands. Um, I, there were a couple of instances where I thought he was going to have real long gains and he fell down because the field in Dallas apparently sucks. I, boy, I noticed that too. A lot of guys falling down. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. forget, Emmanuel yeah, Sanders ripped up his ACL there too the one year. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Jeez. I forgot about um, that. Anyway, I, I yeah. thought it was – it was uh, it, I don't think it was the matchups. I, I thought it was, it was done purposely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're trying to take advantage of his skill set, get him more involved. It's it's not just about it's not so much about believing in him. It's about mm-hmm. trying to get him more involved so he's a bigger threat. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. You know, so that he draws more attention. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And uh it, it's just fascinating on a week to week basis where you know who they do try to scheme open, who they who they look to target and stuff. And I I mean it could be different. And uh um you know, obviously, Ebron, um, I thought he'd be involved a little bit more, but he's so still I. making still making some plays, obviously. Um, you know, so I, I and I do want to uh, address one more thing. And, and Ian, I'll let you tackle this one first. Um, I have enjoyed all of Juju's uh, touchdown celebrations. I, I think he's creative. He's funny. Um, but. I'm not sure what in the hell he was thinking by trying to uh, emulate yeah. the Terrell Owens run to the star and, and praise me type thing. And, and it's funny, you know, Ben, you mentioned James Conner not really being much of a factor. His best play in this game might have been grabbing Juju and saying, whoa, just slow right. down here. Um, For sure. Yeah. Ian, did you see what was happening at the time? Did you realize that's what Juju was doing when it was unfolding? I didn't realize. So, no, I didn't realize he was going for the star. But then when he actually did the celebration close to the sidelines, I was like, right. oh, that's what he was going to do. Right. Um, but I think the Cowboys recognized it. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they took a penalty on that they play did. for yeah. the guy knocking the ball out of his hand, yeah. um, which actually – which. Yeah, I, I want I, to talk about that too because we we chose to take that 15 yard penalty on the kickoff. Yep, we could have taken it on the extra point, and given how bad the kicking game was, we missed that extra point or it, it got blocked. Like we could have moved that kick close half the distance closer and kicked it essentially like an a old extra no, point from the 10 right. yard line. Right. So that was option one. Option two, and I can't believe I'm advocating for this, but we kicked off from midfield. We could have tried an onside kick there, and if the ball goes out of bounds, they're only going to get it on the 35, which if you kick it out of the end zone, they get it on the 25. 25. So like it's only a 10-yard difference there. Or if they recover it, you know, it's the ball still has to go 10 yards, so they're still between the 35 and the 40. If it, had, um, if it had only gone nine yards and they'd recovered it, it would have been better than the actual return that they got and, on and, us. Yeah. And, that was, yeah. and that was the point. That was the final point I was going to make was we tried to pooch it down there and pin them deep and wound up giving up a you know 70-yard return and almost yep. went for a touchdown. So that was a, another just botched execution on special teams. I understand the philosophy of what they tried to do, but they mm-hmm. had many other options they could have chosen there that probably would have been better off in the long run, shortening the extra point yep. or, and really with shortening the extra point, you know, that gives Boswell the opportunity to try and kick the ball up higher up in high. the air with a higher and a higher arc. Yeah. Um, to get it over any rush rather than having to kick it low right. and long. So could have shortened the extra point, could have tried an onside kick, or could have just booted it out of the end zone, 
or could have actually tackled the guy, you know, back well, that had him certainly helped. not given up the, not given up the sideline. And, um, and they yeah. also could have gone for two and would have been closer as well. They could have uh, gone for two. You know, yes. granted it's not much, but it's still closer. Um, yeah. It's a good point about the kickoff because um, they did end up returning that about 70 yards and it kind of made the whole penalty a, a moot point. Um, yeah. Ben, what, what was you going through your mind when you saw Juju? I, I, at first I'm like, what's he doing? You know? And, and then I, I kind of realized the more he went towards midfield, I'm like, Oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I was really, uh, Ian hit the nail on the head, but I mean, Connor grabbing him and going, Hey man, yep. close game. You don't know what's going to happen here. Do not do this. No. Nope outstanding play on his part i was a little surprised when i realized what he was gonna do mm-hmm. i was a little surprised i think he got a little carried away and was gonna I do, do something dumb and frankly he got lucky that he didn't pull it off he really I, did yep that was yep. Some, some dumb shit that would have stuck with him for the rest of his career and, well and that's yeah. that's why i pointed it out on twitter and and I said and, and I and I called out immediately before anybody could say it. I just said it in my tweet. I said, "Look, if if you say you're fine with it, then then you better be fine when somebody you know disgraces the terrible towel or or does the same damn thing at Heinz Field at Heinz Field on the Steelers logo in the middle of the field. Yep. Then I don't want to hear you, bitch. Uh, yeah. Because because him." Trying to do that, I I think it was Demarcus Lawrence that maybe knocked the ball away and got the penalty. No, it was uh, was it Jalen Smith? No, who Randy was it Gregory. Then? It was Brandy Randy Gregory. Gregory. Okay. Yeah. All right, and and, yeah. and I, I I thought, damn it all, I hate those Cowboys, but I'm gonna tell you what, I would have done him a the favor. same thing. No, not only that, Randy yes. Gregory did him a favor, big favor. Juju big may favor. not have realized it in the moment, but he did yep. him a favor. Because he slowed him down, and had he not, yep. he might have run past James Conner and done it. Yep, yep. I I, I couldn't so agree more. You yeah. should send him a Christmas card. <laughs> I'm sure Juju's got some kind of official Christmas card. So with he, like yeah, a he Starbucks should... gift certificate, Starbucks <laughs> card, you know, gift card in it or something, something nice. Well, down there in you Texas know? is like a Luby's or something. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe something like that. Or I, I don't know. You know, what's that? Um, uh, what's that? crappy place in florida shonies maybe get him some gift sure. cards from shonies <laughs> oh, remember when man. people were mad the steelers didn't draft randy gregory speaking of yeah that was oh, funny yes. that was hilarious that, that was yes. hilarious oh, people were pissed was... off about that and, and then uh they were they were pissed when they took stefan to it too. i was like are you kidding me this guy should have taken the first round and first you got round. him in the second why are you yeah. bitching Yep. Uh, you are listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. They serve the Southern Palm Beach counties, whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos. Contact Deck Roofing today at deckroofing.com. Uh, well, it finally came home to roost in Pittsburgh, guys. Um, COVID uh, has affected the black and gold, and and I think we all kind of knew it was a matter of time. Um, Vance McDonald uh, uh, did not practice Friday. He had some cold-like symptoms. He felt better Saturday. Flew with he the team. Flu played symptoms in the game. on Friday. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then he felt better on Saturday, so he flew. I- what the, he did. What the hell? I, I well, let, we'll get into that. Let me just recap it. So he played about twenty snaps. 
he he tested and then he tested positive and then of course they do the contact tracing and his locker's right next to Ben's uh so it was Ben Hawkins Samuels uh and and who was the fourth guy uh Vince Vince Williams Vince thank you Vince and so those guys have been on the covid list all week um yeah i, I mean just go ahead and you know Ian let How ben does this affect go. I got the first shot in the last one. Ben Ben can go first. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. I, I want to ask you both a question anyway. Surely. Tomlin pointed out that the NFL sets the protocol and you don't really have a choice. If a tear if a player okay. tests negative, you okay. gotta play him. Okay. These are yep. rules that were put in place. Rules, yep. mandates, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um put in place by the NFL and the NFLPA jointly. This is what they agreed upon. So there's no deviating. There's no choice involved here. However, there's no guidance for whether or not a guy has to travel with a team. Mm -hmm. They could have flown him down there private and flown him back private and avoided contact with the rest of the friggin' team. They could have done that at least. Now, I'm not saying that necessarily would have saved anybody, but it might have. Anybody else getting it? (laughs) Um, And, yes, when they're on the plane, they're all masked up, but they're sitting next to each other, man. I mean, come on. Um, Doesn't doesn't common sense have to play into this at some point? That's my feeling exactly. It's like, why... I, I mean, do you do you guys think he should have flown down there with no. the team? No, I, that's no. Not, it's not. it's the same argument we made with Marlon Humphrey last week. Like, why in the world did yep. the Ravens yes, play Humphrey? And for the Ravens, I it's a slightly different scenario because they didn't get on a plane. The Ravens weren't home for that True. game, so right. you know this one. The Steelers put Vince on a or not Vince put Vance yes. on a plane. With right. the rest of the team, which is putting him in an enclosed environment for multiple hours consecutively, and and, and Vance yeah. and Ben are tight, and right. you know, yep. This is why they kept Duck Hodges. You've got the quarterback position, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so important. And having enough depth there to be able to to be able to deal with something like this is something that Tomlin, thank goodness, had the foresight to plan for Mm -hmm. and think, okay, this is a really important position. I don't really have enough snaps for four guys in practice, but I don't, I have too many snaps for two guys. So if something happens, one of these guys goes down, I need another guy and I got to have a quarterback. I got it. I can't just, you know, it's not like when you've got a linebacker down, you can insert a strong safety there and have him play. It's not like that. Nope. So I need to have an extra arm. Um, and yeah, I, I just getting back to Vince and, and Vance, excuse me, and Ben being tight, you know, I, they, they lock her right next to each other. They should. It isn't just that they sit yeah. next to each other on a plane, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. They you know, hang and, out. They're buddies. You, you gotta like, you gotta, you gotta, like you just pointed out, have some common sense here. This is your most valuable player. Without him, you yeah. are sunk. Yeah. Without and, him, you are sunk. You got to protect him. His buddy comes in. He's got uh, flu-like symptoms. Flu-like, yeah. You know, granted, you've got rules in place. You can't just say, well, you can't play because he tested right. negative. 
can't be around anybody. You got to go home and, and self-isolate. You can't say that. So you got to bring them along. But again, there's no guidance in terms of how no. he travels, just that he is available <laughs> to play and, he, and that he may play. You know, they, they could have – Tomlin could have made him inactive. He just had to do it for football reasons. <laughs> well, and, and I just want to clarify that that in any other year that's not 2020, I have no problem if Vance says, hey, I wasn't feeling well, flu-like symptoms, I feel better. Okay, great. But this is 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, the same type of symptoms are what, you know, also is, is part of a COVID thing. So that's yeah. what I mean by the common sense. And McFarland um, was sick today. Yeah, and and I have I have every expectation. It would not shock me one bit if if he ends up with something as well. Ian, I know you've been waiting patiently. Go ahead and jump in on this. So the one other thing I'll add is that the Steelers are the only NFL team that share their mm-hmm. facilities with a college team, and mm-hmm. Pitt, who they share with, just suspended football activities today. Um, because of some they said because of covid protocols mm-hmm. so i don't know exactly what that means um and their pits game against georgia tech which was supposed to be on saturday got postponed until december so i don't know exactly what that means as far as the facility mm-hmm. and the other thing to remember too that sort of works in the steelers favor a little bit here mm-hmm. um is that they weren't in the facility practicing all last week because of what happened with the Ravens with Marlon Humphrey. Right. They did, they did do a lot of virtual meetings and stuff before the trip to Dallas. Now that doesn't, that doesn't cancel out no, three no. and a half hours on a plane together. Um, but it does, it does limit some contact a little bit. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's been similar this week, especially since they had a positive case in house that they've been doing a lot of, of virtual stuff. Yeah. So what, and, and actually I kind of wondered if that was a little bit of why they looked so sloppy coming out of the gate, just because mm-hmm. they had been doing virtual meetings and hadn't been doing in-person sessions all week. Um, and so we'll see if that plays out this week too, against the right. Bengals who are coming off a of bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's not forget that you know they'll be more rested and healthy, and we're the, coming uh, off of three and, straight and, road games. And just you, to point out, you just hear a little Pittsburgh ease there out of out of Ian. I thought I I could vaguely hear Bengals, not Bengals. <laughs> it's very possible, you know. Uh, I drop it every now and then. And the you're, you're not even out. drinking right now. Yes, I that's am. What's, oh, are you? Okay, that's yeah. never mind. <laughs> um. Oh, oh, shoot. I was going to say, but yeah. And I did want to point out, all right. (laughs) Shit. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I did want to point out that, that uh, the Bengals are the second consecutive division opponent. The Steelers will play coming off of the bye. Um, Yeah. What the fuck is that? Why why does that happen to us every year? Have you noticed that we always got hosed on that? Granted, I mean, we weren't supposed to play the Ravens after their bye, right? but still this is bullshit. Yep. (laughs) I don't like it. Um, all right. So the, the Steelers are in this situation. Uh, th- those four players uh, have to have negative tests all week. And and I, what is it? I believe four or five negative tests they have to have five in a days. row. Five. five days in a row. Five days in a row. And then could come um, back Saturday at the earliest, which actually, you know, the other yeah. side of it is him not practicing all week might be good for not his banged up world. knees. Yeah. Not the, the end of the world. He, I mean that, right. looked, that his knee injury looked bad. I mean, oh, we I thought it was screwed. Way worse. Yeah, I did at too. Halftime in in Dallas. 
I was stunned to see him walking the way he was when he was coming back down the tunnel in the second half. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I, I thought for sure he had he had some some worse damage there, but thank God he didn't. Um, okay, guys, this is our first look at uh, Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They're two five and one. Uh, they've been in a lot of games. They're they're scoring pretty well. Um, their their defense is not good at all, but I, I, might I mention we knew that about Dallas last week too, and that didn't really help. Um, so, so what are you saying? Well, what I'm saying is, I'm not, I, man. I'll tell you what, I'm not taking this game for granted at all. Um, just just simply <laughs> because. But uh, uh, yeah, what, what what do we expect to see uh, Keith Butler do defensively this week against the rookie QB? I think well, I think also you got to say don't take this game lightly because the Bengals just beat Tennessee too, who's a pretty darn good team. So very good. Yep. The you, you the Bengals are getting better with each week. They mm-hmm. do have. You're right. They have defensive problems, um, but Joe Burrow is essentially leading the league in pass attempts per game. Some of that's mm-hmm. game script that they're trailing so much he True. has to throw, but some of it is just that they're just throwing him out there and literally letting him chuck the ball around the yard. Right. Um, it, the There's top, a long-term strategy there, though. It, it's just yeah. like with Peyton Manning when he was a rookie. Yeah. It's it's exactly yeah. the same. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That, Trial that by fire, baptism by fire, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but and that he's... baptism by fire has sort of never worked for Cleveland either. But they're, <laughs> so, you know. Uh, and now, but, isn't isn't Burrow also the most hit quarterback in the league, or at least the most pressured? I believe so. Yeah, because they're lying. Yes, crap. but they're, yeah. But I think they're counting that by total pressures, and he's also, as Ian has pointed out, leading the league in total attempts, which to me is just crazy. Yeah, like, I don't he's, get that either. He's on track right now for 660 attempts the nfl is crazy right now with the passing mm-hmm. game it's absolutely batshit and, and i like joe mixon i know he's been hurt but i like joe mixon and and giovanni bernard in in certain ways is is a decent joe player too a but fucking scumbag well i'm not saying he's not a, nobody's nobody's disagreeing with that but I, I think he's performed well as a running back i'm not talking about him as a person um but yeah, I don't know why they haven't tried to run the ball a little bit more. And and, and speaking of that too, and it's something I wanted to mention earlier. Um, Tyson Alalu and Mike Hilton. How much has that affected the run defense? A lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, and yeah. Devin Bush too. I mean, don't forget we basically oh, lost absolutely. three starters. Yep. We, we essentially lost three starters in the span of you know a couple quarters. But Let's yes, just, real quick, I want to make sure we mention this: Robert Spillane in the run game. Mm-hmm. has been a really pleasant surprise. He really mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. He diagnoses plays quickly, comes downhill fast, hits like a truck. He does. In the run game, Spillane has been a really pleasant surprise. So I I got to give him props. I really Absolutely. do. I think he's a smart player. I, I, and, and I agree. And, you know, and a lot more valuable than I gave him credit for coming into yeah. this season. Yeah, a lot no, more. No, I, I I agree, and and you know, Alalu, what what was his uh, status today? Another limited practice. He was limited again. Yeah. Okay. And, and Hilton took a step back. He was he full did pra- full practice yesterday. And he was limited today. So 
kind of hard to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Steelers so, usually practice in pads on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. So if they practice in pads, and they don't always mm-hmm. practice in pads at all during the course of the week. So, right. So yeah. what do you what do you guys think Butler does? Because we saw last week he decided to to play coverage uh, against uh, well a guy making his first career start, um, and now he's playing a rookie um, who, who's seen a lot of NFL action so far in his first halves of the season. Uh, what do you, what does Butler dial up here? I think he pressures I, him. I think he, well, I think it depends if Hilton's available because if Hilton's available, that changes the whole scheme. They have not blitzed Cam Sutton off the slot as nearly as much as they blitzed no. Hilton. Um, that oh, they've said, actually used Edmonds a little bit. Yeah, that that's smart. Um, yeah, Burrow has the second most sacks in the league. Carson Wentz was has been sacked thirty two times, and Burrow's been sacked twenty eight. And wow. next is Daniel Jones, also at twenty eight. So, um, you know. Two of those top three guys have played the Steelers' defense already and got yeah. sacked a bunch by them. So uh, I would not be surprised if we came out trying to play coverage just to keep them in front of us a little bit because they use mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd a lot out of the slot. T. Higgins has actually come along pretty nicely for them. targeted a lot for them. Yeah, as an outside receiver, developed a lot fast. He, he's all, another guy who's been better than I thought he would be. Um, you know, I mean, he looked, he's a big dude coming out of Clemson, but I, I mm-hmm. didn't think he just had the all around polish that he's shown so far this year. I thought he was a bit more raw, but, um, he's really developed into to something nice for them. Um, he's their, their second leading receiver, actually. Um, AJ Green's been targeted more, but Higgins has more receptions and more yards than Green has. So, um, you know, I, I think they might, see if the front four or front five, however you want to look at it, right. can just win on their own, basically, um, against Cincinnati's terrible line. And if they can do that and you can drop seven and, and get pressure with four, then you're set. I mean, you're, you're in the cap. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, but if they have to bring pressure, they they probably will, too. That said, I think they're also going to mix in Avery Williamson this week. He had no snaps last week yeah. on defense, and I think that's going to that's going to help a lot, especially in the in the run defense where there were a few plays against Dallas, especially and it happened against Baltimore too, but against Dallas especially where I was like, yeah, Devin Bush would have got there, and you know Spillane or Vince Williams. There, was there were a few moments like slow, that, yeah. um, especially on the outside runs. And I was like, yeah, Devin Bush would have got there, you know, and that. And that big difference between a 20 yard run and a six yard run um so you know hopefully williamson and williamson's not devin bush but williamson is oh. i think better than spillane even though spillane like ben has said and i completely agree with him has been a very pleasant surprise yeah ben what uh before we switch to the other side of the ball what, what do you think butler does this week you sound like you're thinking more more pressure I think more pressure because you're talking about a rookie quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. Garrett Gilbert's 31. He's been around for a while. He has. He's seen a lot. And, you know, it has some professional playing experience, extended professional exp- playing experience in the AAF. So he, you know, and granted, it's 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 yep, the, yep, it's the minor leagues of the, of the professional leagues, but he has a better sense, a better feel for the game. I mean, you saw him hit receivers – that were open when he was given enough time to do so. Mm-hmm. Burrow is a more gifted passer than Gilbert. Sure. Is. I mean, far more gifted. And 
I think if you give him time and you give him a spot to sit on, he's going to hit those guys. And he, you know, he doesn't have very good receivers, granted, and he doesn't yeah. have a very good line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they will just go with a four man rush. Um, but I tend to believe that they're probably going to go with a with more blitzing this week than they mm-hmm. did last anyway. Um, because if you send five guys, you still have six. Yeah. You guys still have six back there. You can play cover one. You can play zone. You can play uh, man two. You can do all kinds of different things just kind of depending on what, what the sets are in front of you and and, right. and make it work. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm not thinking that it's necessarily going to be a set plan. I right. think it'll probably be a right. mix. Um, but I would expect a little more pressure this week than than last is all. Uh, so, yeah, let me let me switch over to the other side of the ball here. Um, what Ian? What what do you need to see? Uh, besides the obvious, which is score some touchdowns, but uh, especially early, what what are you looking for from this offense to to make you, you know, kind of sit back in your chair and go, ah, okay, this is what I expect to see. Well, what do you need to see this week? I would really like to see them be better in the running game. The Bengals have the 29th ranked run defense in the league. Um, they're not good against the run. Granted, we talked last week about how bad Dallas was yep. against the run, but we've been we've been very inconsistent running the ball. The Bengals and are number thirty-two in in average yards per carry. That is true. They are. They're giving up five point two yards per carry. Oh my! Which, they are terrible. Yes. That said, something Dallas did was they basically. They they stacked the line early yeah. and tried to force Ben to beat us over the mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati has played like that in the past. Granted, that was under Marvin Lewis with um, you know, other defensive coordinators and things right. like that. Um, but I mean Cincinnati's old philosophy back when they were somewhat competitive for postseason bursts, not for winning playoff games, because they haven't done that in 30 years, but for postseason <laughs> bursts, was that they would, they play, they played cover two against us. Actually, they played cover two with man mm-hmm. underneath. Yep. And basically they yeah, played man, press two. On, man two and press on the outside. So you couldn't throw the quick stuff and the, the cover two was taking away the deep stuff and guys like Antonio Brown really struggled against the Bengals for a long time because of that scheme that they couldn't get over the top on them. Um, but the, the, the place to hit him was at the making over the middle because their linebackers couldn't cover. And because Fontes perfect had nothing in his head to concuss, even though he got multiple <laughs> concussions somehow, I don't yeah, know how that's medically allegedly allegedly. Yes. That being said, um, you know, this, this Bengals front seven is really bad. Um, yeah. Car- they just let Carlos Dunlop walk, who was a really good player for them for so a long dumb. time. Um, they, uh, they picked up Tack McKinley on waivers. I, oh, they was, did. I didn't catch that. They did. Yes, they did. Um, so they have him, but he's nowhere near as good as, as Dunlop and He'll have was. to sit anyway, doesn't he? he he's not going to play because of the, doesn't he have to sit for five days or something like that because of COVID and when they picked him up? Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure when they, they signed him. It was a it was a waiver acquisition, so they basically got him right away, like the next day. Okay, 
All right. Yeah. It, it well, when you switch teams, when you switch teams, it doesn't matter the reason. You have to sit for five days. That's the protocol. Right. 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 I just didn't know when they made it official. Yeah. So, okay. um, but that being said, I, I think the the way to approach this game is to go back to the philosophy that worked against Cleveland and somewhat worked against Tennessee, which was kind of the old Bill Cowher philosophy of throw early to get the lead and then run yeah. on them. Yeah. To yeah. just grind out the clock and take it home. And that's where you can have more success because against Dallas, we tried to come out running and they were stacking the box on us. And then we had to throw to catch up and it basically took the the running mm-hmm. game out of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you, if you come out throwing, it, it switches the whole game plan up. And the Steelers do more often come out throwing at home. It seems like when they play on the road, they Good don't point. they don't come out throwing very often. They usually try and come out running on the road. And some of that may be to try and minimize the crowd noise on the road. But this year, that's kind of weird because there is no crowd noise. <laughs> there is no crowd noise. Yeah. yeah. Um, which also may be kind of why our, our no huddle and the whole Ben calling plays thing has been right. so effective on the road because there's no crowd noise and he can just yell over to his receivers and they can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are going to be fans in Heinz this week, right? I believe there are. Yes. Yeah. 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 A yeah. whopping very 4,800 or something. 40, yeah. 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 I, I, it still kills me. I think I was uh, part of the smallest crowd ever at Heinz Field for a Steelers game. So I, I, I guess, say I better, guess I better caveat that for a Steelers <laughs> game because I think Pitts had some. Right, oh, <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, Ben, what what do you what do you think about this Steelers offense? Uh, uh, you know, um, do you, do you run the ball? Do you throw the ball? What what do you do here against the Bengals? I uh, I agree with Ian. In as much as you get out there and you you set up an efficient passing game where you're throwing short to intermediate intermediate routes, you're moving the ball down the field, you're moving the chains, you're. Mm-hmm taking the wind out of the defense's sails, you know, making them feel like, hey, they're going to lose another game against the Steelers. <laughs> um, the Bengals are not a terrible passing defense, but they're not good. Um, yeah. They are, I don't know, they're middle of the, field, the middle of the pack, if you will, mm-hmm, as far as mm-hmm. passing defense goes in terms of, of uh, they're, they're allowing a, a, an opposing passer rating of 94.4, which is, you know, not good, but, you know, the Steelers, just for reference, their opposing passer rating is 79.7, which is yeah. pretty good. Um, but they're, you know, they're susceptible. Let's just put it they that are. way. They are. They don't have a great pass rush. Um, they don't have great linebackers. Their DBs are slightly better. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, you know, looking at it from a global perspective, that's the way I would attack them. And then, yeah. If you get a lead, they can't defend the run. You just start running the ball against them, and you know you keep moving the chains that way and eating the clock, and it's boring. Oh, I'll take it all day. I'll take it all day too. It's Mm -hmm. you know it's early early to mid two thousands football that we used to love. Yeah, when when Bettis would just grind the clock, grind it out. It's boring to watch, but it guarantees you a win, and and that's what I expect to, to see give me, if they give get me. an early lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Ian. That Cincinnati scored 30 points four times in eight games so far this year. So they their offense can score. It's that, just yeah, that that's what I was pointing out. Yep. Yeah. Their their defense has also given up, 
you know, 30 plus points three times. So the, you know, those, (laughs) those times that they've scored 30 plus they've scored 30 plus four times and only won two of them. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, twice they scored. They scored thirty points plus against the Browns twice. So that is true. Let's let's take that into consideration when we talk about how many times they scored thirty plus. Um, and that's a fair point. Yeah, and one was against Jacksonville, who was similar. One was against Jacksonville, who's really not good either. Well, they're they're next up on the plate. They're on deck, if you will. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's get to the uh, final thoughts and uh, and a prediction here. Uh, ben, go ahead. Are, are we done already? We've been on here an hour, man. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I think you should leave the beginning intact because I I think that well, Lawrence Welk opening was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I so uh, the Steelers are favored Googling. by seven and a half. I I don't see them sc- uh, covering again this week. No. Um, you people who who bet the lines, um, <sighs> I see kind of a a lower scoring affair. And maybe I'll be wrong, but I I just mm-hmm, don't. Mm-hmm. I think this team was tired last week, and they're going to kind of pace themselves. And Steelers twenty-seven, Bengals twenty. Okay, seven-point game. All right, Ian, you're up. Um, oh boy, I'm going to go. I mean, their Cincinnati's defense is so bad, um, so bad. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm going to go Steelers. 31 to 28. I know 31 to 27. 31 to 27. We'll hold the what? field goals. Wow, yeah. that's a lot of points. That's a lot yeah. of points for the Bungles. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh yeah, I uh I mean, the the Bungles put 31 against Tennessee. Yeah. And they're, yeah. Com- they're coming off a of bye week. Mixon's healthy now. I just um, saw that as Bernard, a fluke. Well, Mixon, Mixon didn't practice yesterday. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's still dealing with a foot. I don't think he's 100%. But I neither do I. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I worried about this game, and I'm worried because I don't know what the status of, of Ben is. Um, oh, you know, yeah, Ben I, doesn't play. It's a totally different story. Well, it, it is, and, and I'm, I'm also – We bring back Cordell. Only, well, <laughs> hey, you know, Kent Graham. Um, I, I'm also just not 100% sure about his knees either. But but that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and assume Ben is Ben. And uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be around like a, a 24-20 kind of a Steelers win. Yeah, Mixon, um, Mixon hasn't practiced the last two days, man. Well, maybe he's not going then. Um, I thought he was going to be ready, but but that's... They've got some had, AJP you know, Ryan behind him, but he's more of a power back than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I I think we'll see him and and Bernard and Bernard. Uh, oh so. God, fucking Bernard! Oh, I know. I know. Steelers should have just signed him so they don't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know I'm right. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening to the uh, Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Uh, make sure you check out the website, steelcityblitz.com, at Facebook, and, of course, on Twitter at SC Blitz. And uh, I think that'll do it for us tonight. So uh, for so- Ben and Ian, this is Steel Dad signing off. And, hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.